So check this out. So I was so every day I do abs on FaceTime with Eli, right? And mm-hmm. today Cedric joined us. And as we were doing the ads, somebody lit a shopping cart on fire behind my house. And so from my window, all I could see was just smoke. And I thought it was the house next to me that was actually on fire. Dang. What? Yes. And so I ran outside. That's L.A. Yes. That's that's L.A. Exactly. So I ran outside. And it was just a shopping cart on fire. But it was a big fire. And there was a lot of smoke. And so it was a whole thing. Like the ambulance came and I had to put it out. And Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but I want to do abs on FaceTime with you. You should, you should absolutely <laughs> join us. That would be dope. <laughs> My question that is, would be a lot you, of fun. How do you set a shopping cart on fire? That's that's what I'm so, wondering right now. I'm so, so confused. Those, how does this happen? So there was actually stuff inside the shopping cart. Oh, okay. So there was like a whole bunch of paper. But why? And, you know <laughs> what's the point? Just send a message to let somebody know. Like, why? Why ask, asking an arsonist why they choose to light things on fire? I feel like that's a loaded question. Uh, I couldn't really tell really because I feel like it's a good one. I do think it would be a good question for sure. I don't know why they would do that though, but I mean, when you're an arsonist, it's like, I felt like it. Yeah. I like the way the fire looks. I don't know what they say. So what did you do? You said what? What did you do? Oh, so I, I ran outside. I looked at it to make sure it wasn't actually the house on fire. Um, okay. I saw it was in a shopping cart. And then I walked back inside. <laughs> there were already people so outside. you didn't do your... Go ahead. What? You didn't do your civilian duty? I did my... I absolutely did. I made sure I was safe. Why didn't you put it out? Oh, the fire department was... Oh, first off, I'm no firefighter. <laughs> Second off, I don't know if there are any explosives waiting to go off in that basket or any gasoline or anything, so... I'm not about to put my life on the line for that. Um, and third, you didn't even call 911. No, no. So I need to finish. So there were actually some people already standing outside oh, okay. freaking okay, out okay. next to the fire. And they called 911 by the time I was already outside. And so I just walked back inside. And as soon as I sat down, the, uh, the, fire, the fire department pulled up and put it out. Yeah. How big was this fire? I'm curious. Um, I mean, the shopping cart was like, what, three feet off the ground? The fire was like maybe four feet tall. Okay. So it was a respectable size, small fire. L.A., L.A. Yup. Welcome, people. What's good, everybody? Thank you for joining us to yet another exciting episode of Black Glue. It's your boy, Matt, from the East, and with me, as always... Your boy came from the West. <laughs> oh, oh, Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. We've got a packed, exciting episode today. Today's topic is titled, She's Pretty for a Black Girl. Now, to all my sisters out there, I know y'all have heard this at least 15 times within your lifetime. I know I've heard this plenty of times, and it grinds my gears. I know Brother Cam feels a way about it. We've all experienced um, this term, whether it's been directly said to us or around us. And so we're going to dive into it. But first... It would only be right to have this conversation with one of my favorite black girls, Sister Rakela. That is the best intro I've ever heard. <laughs> but I'm Rakela, and I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for joining us today, Sister Rakela. So, just to give you all a little background about uh, how Brother Cam and I know Rakela, we actually all went to college together in the whitest town of uh, <laughs> in the white town in Oregon <laughs> called Ashland. We went to Southern Oregon University. We were all on the track team. And we actually had a cool little group of the black people on the track team. <laughs> sports was the diversity of the town. No yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sports was the only way that diversity was included in Ashland. But um, we are three of the members of a group founded by yours truly called the SOU Chocolates. Um, three of about seven yeah let's be clear. yes yes three of about seven people yeah <laughs> and no joke to this day Rakela's name in my phone is still Rakela the SOU chocolate general dead serious <laughs> dead serious ever since 2015 yeah but uh um, Rakela is one of the funniest people and one of the most genuine people I have had the pleasure of meeting. And so it was only right that we had uh, her on the show. It would have happened eventually whether it was this topic or not. 
But um, I just want to say thank you for joining us. Of course. And I feel like I was meant for this topic. Oh, have you had a... Like, I feel like... Go ahead. I just feel like my whole life has been surrounded by this. Really? Topic. So like I'm ready. Yeah. Oh, tell us more. Tell us more. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> how do I kind of break it down? Because this is such like a like a loaded topic. Like there's so much like into this topic that I can kind of go into for hours. But like I don't know. How can I start? Let me think. Okay. So just looking at me, like. You can tell I'm black from every angle that you kind of look at me from no matter what time of the day it is, you know that I'm black, no matter what I'm wearing, you know that I'm black. Like there's no mistaking I'm Mm -hmm. a black woman. So my blackness is pretty much like a a prominent trait, like the most prominent trait on the body, you know? So it's interesting that something so prominent could be used like so forcefully against me, Mm. you know? Mm. Like, it's just so interesting. Like, um, Okay, so that so you're so pretty for a black girl, right? You're essentially telling me, oh, you're pretty, but your blackness makes it questionable. Come on now. You know? Yeah. And that's just so interesting to me. Like, I've been hearing this since I was like a young age, like since I was at least like in the fifth grade, like from my white friends, um, from white boys predominantly, from my white girlfriends, from um, like my, and then when I grew up, it was like more black guys in in college. So I've literally heard it from every single person that you can think of. And it's like my blackness is always questioned. Wow. That's just, dang, dude. That's a shame. So you said you heard that as a little girl. So I don't know if like your parents Mm -hmm. had to ever like sit you down and talk to you about, you know, how you would perceive yourself in the midst of these backhanded compliments and microaggressions you would receive for being a black woman. Mm -hmm. But how did you internalize that as a kid? Or like, how have you realized like within adulthood, like that's, you know, been something that you've heard and that's affected you? Because, I mean, of course it affected you, but, like, how, how did you handle that? Oh, okay, interesting. Okay, so when you're younger, right, the first thing you hear is, oh, you're so pretty, and you kind of just black out and, like, don't even think about, you're so pretty for mm-hmm. a black girl, you know? You kind of just don't even want to worry about that. Like, you're just so excited. Because you're, like, when you're younger, you're awkward, and, like, hearing you're pretty is, like, right. good enough. So, like, I kind of, like, didn't even really want to dive into like why they kept saying you're so pretty for a black girl you know and then it wasn't until I was older and like I loved my blackness that I started to realize like whoa why are you still questioning like this part mm-hmm. of me wow so you said it wasn't until you're older and you loved your blackness so then like when you were younger and mm-hmm. you would hear people more so say those type of make those type of ignorant statements did you come to the mm-hmm. conclusion of or did, did you get to a point of not necessarily being able to appreciate and love your beauty? And you had to, like, discover that yes. later on? Uh, I know all of my life as a black yes. woman, I've absolutely had that moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I know for me, like, hearing people say, like, oh, you know, for a black guy, X, Y, and Z. And so I can only imagine, like, for a black woman who are already heavily criticized and demonized socially it would hit way differently for you than it would for me um okay so i felt like um okay so let me think how to put this okay so i had to learn how to love myself um as a black woman instead of in spite of my blackness and I feel like comments and microaggressions like that kind of taught me not to Mm. love my blackness like made me question like you know if I was just a little bit lighter like they wouldn't say that you know and I'd probably be prettier or like you know or um if I wasn't black at all they wouldn't say that at all so then I would be prettier how did you like learn as you grew up to like really just embrace your blackness well, I didn't, um, I would say like through questioning my blackness that I found my like identity. Mm. Like I had to kind of like question, like, despite what other people are saying, do I find myself attractive? Do I like find my blackness attractive? Do I find black people attractive? You know, things like that. Like I kind of had to question like what I was feeling when people would say it. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. You had to put it to kind of the test. Yeah. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and kind of question myself and stop like looking at what other people are saying yeah. about me. Dang. My goodness. It's sad that this is something, you know, that we, first off, this is not normal. Um, like what, what should be considered normal within the world, but this is something that every single black person has to, at some point in time, think about, you know, because the world consistently tells us we're not good enough in many avenues. When we look in the mirror, when you're told every single day, your nose is too big because it's black, your lips are too, your, your lips mm-hmm. are too juicy and fat because they're black, you know, your skin is too black because it's black, you know, eventually you're going to get to a point and think to yourself like, dang, like, am I just not good enough because of these features? And a lot of times it turns into self-hatred. And that evolves in many different ways, whether it's I only date white women, whether it's you start to mm-hmm. view, um, you, you could be a black man, start to say, I don't want to date black girls because of X, Y, and Z. Well, it could be all of those different things, but those are all um, results of having heard those things within your life and how you've internalized that and chosen to live your life based off of, you know, those uh, very racist things that people say or those very discriminatory and just messed up stuff that people throw on us and it's not fair at all. And um, a lot of people aren't going to be able to understand that. You know, a lot of people aren't going to be able to really be able to um, say, I get that, unless it's coming from another Black person, because Black people are the ones primarily who experience this. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's, it's so sad. Because it's. But if you like. I don't know. I was Go ahead. Okay, if you tweak this compliment for any other race, it wouldn't even seem right. Like if I was going to be like, oh, girl, you're so pretty, but you're pale Ooh. skin. Or, you know, like, or wow, you're so cute for yes. a snow bunny. Like that wouldn't even sound right. And people would be, get so offended, like, yeah. offended, you know? But when you say it to me, you don't, don't even, even think, think about twice. it. Don't even think twice. Because it's been like the norm to, you know, uh, talk down about. Yeah. You know, it's been the norm to downplay any type of beauty associated with blackness as like a backhanded compliment. But no, you're right. Actually, I remember I saw this video and mm-hmm. it was pretty much saying, what if everything was reversed? And so all of the black people were saying to white people, wow, like, is your hair always just so flimsy and loose like a dog's? You know, it's like, oh my gosh, wow. So like all of you guys can't dance or is it just you? You know, and it was just, it was really funny to see, <laughs> but at the same time, um, it really just shone a light even more so than before in a comedic way to how ridiculous people sound when they say these things to black people and they say it all the time you know yeah but um it's so deeply rooted within history actually if you really just like think about it like everything black related since black people have been uh able to govern themselves as far as like their own livelihood air quotes around that they're no longer being considered property like just socially you know like everything black related um and in media was demonized and called ugly like there were restaurants called the coon chicken inn and the face or like the the icon of this restaurant was like a stereotypical black person but the face was like fused with a monkey so it's like little stuff like that well that's not little but there's stuff like that that has always been happening since black people have been in the u.s to demonize the features of black people and so like that's i know for sure from that's one of the reasons why blackness is has not always been within white, within mainstream media, within white media, considered to be something that's good, something that's beautiful. It's always been made fun of because of that racist history. It's crazy. Yeah, it really shows too, like kind of the subtleties of like racism. You know, I think like for me, at least like growing up in Oregon, like racism is like more passive, um, you know, but it shows like racism is still alive. It's just kind of taken like another form you know, and like kind of these, these comments or just like an image or like things like light skin versus dark skin, you know, it's a lot more, it, it's in your, in your face, but it's easy for it to like appear in the shadows. Yeah. So, which is kind of, which is kind of scary, you know, it's like, we, we see these and it's just like, I think some people think it's just like comic. You know, like she's pretty for a black girl is like, Raquela's not the only black girl who's heard this, you know, yeah. like it's, it's common. It's like a common practice, you know, but as Raquela kind of brought up, like if like, oh yeah, she's pretty for a white girl. If that was said, like, we'd be like, what? Yeah. You know, but it's interesting how when it's 
involving black culture, it just kind of slips through the cracks. It does. So, mm -hmm. but it's crazy because this compliment is like essentially saying all black girls are ugly, and you're like, congratulations Ooh. for you, but you're not one of those mm. black girls. You just happen to be one of the pretty black girls of all the millions of black girls on this planet. You know, okay. like you're the oddball yeah. out. You're the pretty one. And that just doesn't make any sense to me that you can really sit here and tell me that of all these millions of beautiful black girls that I can point out, you think that, you know, yep. like I'm just a special one. And there's very few oh. like, like, it's, like yeah. what they're really saying is it's a foreign concept to be able to accept that there can be a such thing as a pretty black one. Like you're pretty for that's that's what mm -hmm. I hear. In addition to what you just said, it's just like, are you serious? Like, I oftentimes in high school when I heard that, I would just stop and just look at people like, are you stupid? Like, are you serious? You're really telling her she's pretty for my homegirl Jayla. Shout out to Jayla. She was very pretty in high school, and she would hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you're pretty for a black girl. Like, even though you're black, you know, you're pretty. Or I don't normally date black girls, but you're cute though. Like what do you, like what do you guys think that does to a young woman's mind, to a kid's mind, even to a to an adult's mind? Like that's that's a traumatic mm. thing to have to continuously try to process, you know. And that's that's uh. I I think it makes you like kind of hate or question your black skin, which is what the right. purpose was back in the day. You know, when they would have like the pit, um the um brown bag test. I have, have you guys ever heard of that? I have heard of that. Have you kids? Mm -hmm. We're like the... Um... No, I haven't. Okay, please explain it. Yeah. Okay, so basically, okay, so there was a paper bag, um, like a paper bag, and if you were lighter than the paper bag, then you were seen as like... Um, right, you're good enough. Like better yeah. or superior. And so, yeah, so you were allowed to do like in-house chores or stuff like that, or you were allowed special privileges. But if you were darker than the um, paper bag, then mm. you, were, you did outside stuff. You were seen as inferior. Sheesh. And that right there ties yeah. into the whole, <laughs> I only like light-skinned black girls. Or dark-skinned black girls, ah, nah. But light-skinned girls, oh, yeah. That's that's very closely associated to that uh, toxic um, preference. Not. It's because they don't really see, like, those light-skinned women. Like, their blackness is not a problem. Yes. But mine is because I'm It's seen as dark. a threat. It's seen as... Uh, mm -hmm. less than, you know. I think when really, like, if we're really going to get down to the nitty-gritty of it even, do you guys remember those, like, racist cartoons that, like, Disney and, like, Warner Brothers or Looney Tunes, like, where they would have, like, the, they would have the black people on the show, it's like, these were super old. They would have the black people on the show and they'd have, like, the big red lips and they'll behaving as if they're incredibly uneducated and they would have big eyes and they'd be eating watermelon and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. mm. When yeah, I yeah. yeah yeah so like when when I think of that stuff, that's what I can that's what I connected it to. It's just like okay, what they're really saying is how blackness was portrayed back then is how they currently view it now. They currently view me being dark skin, me being a dark skinned black woman as um, being uh, in line with um, stupidity, being in line with uneducated, being in line with being dirty. You know, as media has portrayed black women. Uh, dark-skinned black women to be you know and black people to be you know like those cartoons did I, I feel like even as a kid for me being a black man when i saw these cartoons because i love like looney tunes and tom and jerry and all that stuff as a kid i saw these cartoons all the time i didn't even think twice about it until i had to check how i would view black women as i got older i caught myself in high school being one of those uh you know i don't really like black women like that you know uh I mean, the black women that do go to my school, like they're, you know, like this. And in reality, I had been, um, and by the way, I'm a fan of calling myself out for my own crap. Oh, but I had been, um, I didn't realize that I had been brainwashed by my surroundings and the toxic mindset of those things, as well as what I've seen on TV all the time. It wasn't until a lot later on that I realized, like, yo, this is connected to this, and this is a form of self-hatred. You got to cut that out, you know? And that's I feel like that's something yeah. that everybody needs to check themselves on, you know? Um, I feel like, well, I mean, Black women are the most attacked group, and it's so trash that it's normalized, you know? And so since I've known better, since I have grown older, um, I've been the type of person that's absolutely been 
an absolute refusal to ever allow myself to be around or partake in any type of demonizing of black women. Like, it's just not right. It's not okay. Yeah, I hate to say it. I'm guilty of the same, you know, of like saying things like, oh, I don't like black girls. Like I've said that before in the past, you know, and like not even fully, you know, recognizing, you know, like just like, wow, this like hurts people. Yeah. You know, and like, I think it's great to have like Raquel on the show because it's like, you know, we're held accountable, you know, like, oh, like, I wouldn't want anyone to say that about Raquela, you know, and yeah, it's kind of, it's convicting, you know, for like me personally um, to be like, wow, I, that's something like, wow, like, why did I have that mindset, you know? Yeah. I think the reason like I'm so passionate about this topic is because like I think about all the time that I spent like kind of questioning like myself and my you know my black skin and I think about all the little black girls in the future that I never want them to have to go through that like what I had to go through in order to learn to love myself Mm. like just don't tell me I'm pretty at all then just don't say anything to me if you felt that my black you know if you felt like you couldn't compliment it's that simple Like, just keep your mouth shut, you know? Yeah. Because what you're really doing now is a whole lot more harm than what you think is good. Air goes around good, you know? Yeah, because, okay, I can literally, I feel like every Black woman can tell you at least, like, 10 microaggressions that she faced when she was younger. Like, she can still remember it to this day. But those people that said it probably Mm. don't even remember it or don't even recall what they said. But that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. Like, no matter, like, if I like it or not. They just carry on about their day. Meanwhile, you now have additional trauma. You know, you now have another reason to go to therapy. <laughs> Shoot. But that's very real. <laughs> it's it's so very real. It's, it's sad, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel but like... But it's I, important, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I just feel like it's so important to, like, make people aware, though. I think, like, I don't know if people are always, like, always like maliciously doing it you know that's my hope is like people don't maliciously just like be like oh let me just insult someone by saying she's pretty for a black girl you know but i think some of it is just earnest you know i think there there might be some deliberate you know but i try and give people the benefit of the doubt (laughs) and just like okay you're you're ignorant And I get what you're saying, Kim, yeah. but like I literally feel like there's no more room for unawareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, because like I have to question myself because your ignorance, like I feel like that shouldn't happen, happen like have to happen to any it other like black girl, like little yeah. black girl, you know? Like, yeah, we need to teach something or we need to get it together soon so that like unawareness is not like it uh, should, another yeah. yeah, It shouldn't be an excuse. Agreed. Especially considering the age that we live in. I mean, and just for clarification, I'm 100% on board with what Raquela just said. But especially these days yeah. now, so more than ever, because we live in the age information where if you ever have any type of question about anything or question or curious about anything, you can look it up and find the error of your ways within 15 seconds. And so I feel like now it's not even more so... Um, unintentional but more so they don't care you know so it's more so like a, i don't really care how this could possibly affect you that's why i'm not going to look into it and so i'm just going to say it you know because like if you really just think about what you're saying you're pretty for a black girl that makes my lips burn just saying that so like how does no how does how does anybody say that today you know and not recognize that there's a strong difference between saying I think you're pretty and leaving it at that versus you're pretty for a black girl. Yeah. I mean, I think it boils down to just education. You know, I think if we look like just back, I don't know if I look back at my past and like the education of just like black history or anything, black culture and like even our school system, you know, I'm just thinking of like, where do you even start? 
you know, mm. so that awareness isn't an issue, you know, but that's the area where I think like action could be made, mm. you know, and like, if I don't know if I was thinking of like an action plan is like, okay, like, what does the Tupac say? It's like the hate you give uh, little children, like F's everybody. Yep. And I think it's so true. So it's like what we teach the kids um, like growing up is like, yeah, you continue kind of in the path that you were taught growing up. It's easy to fall back into those like those same patterns if you're if you're not careful. So I think having the foundation laid, a better foundation laid is really the key. Hmm. Interesting. So I feel like like the saying like um you're so pretty for a black girl is like so common among black women. Is there anything like that for you guys that you feel like as black men you're that so you hear often? Oh, that's a great question. Curveball from Sis that and is. Michaela. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Mm, you know, I now I can say this off the top of my head, no. Because I mean, sad to say, although yes, black people as a whole, we are tre- we are treated differently than uh, other mm-hmm. cultures within the world. But it's kind of, uh, to a certain extent, it's considered or quotes around this cool or like the end thing to be a black man. But for black women, on the other hand, are very much so disrespected and mistreated from all aspects from everybody, you know. And so I think the things that you guys experience and endure are going to be greater than what black men endure. So to my knowledge, um, I want to say the things that black men experience are just things that black men and women experience. For example, the first thing that came to my mind was you're so well-spoken, you know, or, oh, you're, wow, you're so smart. You're so well-spoken, like that kind of thing. But that's something that black men and women did. Off the top of my head, I can't think of something that's specifically back black men here as a backhanded compliment. How about you, Kim? Um, yeah, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Just more so, I guess, the argument like light skin versus dark skin. <laughs> um, yeah, and like I don't know. I think there's still sometimes a culture of like light skins perceived to be better, <laughs> um, in a way. But I don't know. If that's i don't know i can't say i can't say it's like shifting out always at least my perception of it so yeah i'm gonna be uh, i don't see i don't see any statements you know specifically like um she's pretty for a black girl for like black men like i can't think of an exact like statement someone said to me yeah like i mean i've heard you know like i don't date black guys you know um i've heard okay no here's one i've heard you know this is a long time ago though like i heard black guys are violent black guys are rude i've heard those things (laughs) but i mean uh to the detriment in which i know the statement of you're pretty for a black girl plays a role in black women's lives i have not heard the equivalent to that in black men's lives Mm. um yeah and it's really messed up that black women, you know, are talked about and treated the way they are. And black men, let me say this real quick. Black men, we need to do better. And when I say we need to do better, what I mean is when we hear, when we see black women being socially disrespected or physically, socially, whatever, we need to step up and stop that situation within that moment. Don't sit around and laugh. If you're sitting around and laughing, then you're one of those trash people and you might as well be partaking with whoever is demonizing these sisters. But we need to do better. If you see a Black woman being talked down about in the way that we have been talking about for this past 33 minutes and 30 seconds, stand up and say something. Make your presence known and let her know that you support her. You know, Because this has gone on long enough and all it's doing is prolonging violence towards Black bodies. And I'm not here for it. I can't, you know, speak for anybody else, but I know for me, if I ever hear or say, if I ever hear somebody say these things or if I ever see any type of disrespect or violence towards black women, I have made it a, um, I've made it a non-negotiable for me that I have to say and do something. Everything else I'm doing stops. 
And I have to say or do something. So I want to challenge you all as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's not cool. It's really not. So like along with that, okay, so like the statement, you're so pretty for a black girl. That's usually something like when I was younger, I heard from like um, mm -hmm. my white friends, right? So I always like chopped it down to something like, oh, it's just something like white people say, like, don't even worry about it. It's just Ooh. like a white people thing, right? But then when I moved to Oregon, that is when I heard the statement the most from black guys. Uh, it wouldn't be like, oh, you're so pretty for a black girl. I'd be like, oh, you're like, oh, the black girls are ratchet and they're ugly, Ooh, but you're not like them. Really? Or like, you're a pretty, you, heard that you know? That's you? Are you a bad black Drop girl? Drop the names. Yes, are you like a names. bad black girl? Who said it? <laughs> Who said it? <laughs> Don't be dropping names. Say the names. I'm glad you said the names. <laughs> Say the names. <laughs> oh, no. That's not what I can yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm just being, I'm just being me. I'm serious, but don't listen to me. Okay. Carry on. <laughs> but honestly, that, that's when I heard it the most and I heard it so frequently and it's so surprising because you would think that like, that wouldn't be a statement from a black man. You would mom. think, right? Because his, you know, he, but yeah, you would think. Wow. Hmm. Because he's black, he has one black parent. So I don't even understand how those words could come and form mm. out of his mouth. But, like, you'd be surprised because I heard it wow. so often. And I think there's, like, a difference between, um, like, mm -hmm. when I'm in Vegas, I barely ever hear that. Like, that's so uncommon. And I think that's because there's a lot more black culture, maybe more black people here. But in Oregon, it's so frequent. Which is crazy because I feel like there's so many pretty black girls in Oregon, if I'm being honest. Uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Um, so, question for you, then. So, hearing that from... Um, white counterparts as well as black. Do you feel like that's changed or shaped the way that you view black men to be different than how you initially did prior to moving to Oregon? I would say no, but it's made me more... Um, how do I say this? So, like, I would say it hasn't changed my full view of mm -hmm. black men, right? But I'm more critical of the men mm. that I date now. Like, that can't be, like, a view okay. that you have. You can't be saying things like that Absolutely and, like, not. you know? <laughs> so I think I'm a lot more critical now than I was when I was mm. younger. Okay. And that makes perfect sense, you know? Like, who would want to have to relive traumatic and painful moments and experience those things from somebody that they care about, you know, like on a romantic level, like that's so trash. Yeah. So, okay. Mm. Wow. So do you feel like you handle those situations differently versus when you did prior to coming to SOU? Yes. Because, okay, when I was, okay, when I, was younger I would kind of just like let it go I'd probably say something like a little bit like oh like don't say that like that's not right. cool or whatever right when I got to SLU like I was like so serious about like right. you can't say that but it did take me a little bit like longer but I think because I heard right. it so much that it made me kind of think like back and kind of question like why are they saying that so let's ask him so you want to say it let's talk about it mm. Mm. and that attitude right there ladies and gentlemen is what drew me into sister Michaela. I love it. <laughs> I love it. We've, we've had a few conversations around similar topics to this, but um, I, I, I love that approach. Like, okay, you want to say that? Tell me why. What is it about me being black that makes me unattractive? But I'm the one mm -hmm. exception. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, I love that. I love that. But then they're like, okay, so then I say something, right? And then they'll chop it down. They're like, oh, no, but I said you were pretty. You're not like them. But it's so much deeper than that. And no one can ever give me like a full answer when mm. I ask them, you know? And that's so interesting. You can say it, but you have no clue why you said it. Oh, yeah. No one likes to be called to account. Yeah. Press them, Sister Bakayla. Press them. I love that. <laughs> and that's what I, I do best. Man, I miss you, dude. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you. Okay. So question for you. So as far as black skin and black women being deemed as pretty, have you had um, comments to the same extent or same intensity on your hair? 
I know I've heard oh, yeah, a lot. Definitely. Sure. And that also grinds my gears because I, I have friends and we all know who I'm talking about. Okay, see here, look, look, I'm, I don't want to say their names, but I wanted you to say names earlier. But I have friends <laughs> that who I'm still friends with today. And I've gone tooth and nail trying to show them the error of their ways for saying disrespectful comments about Black women's hair, about whether it's a weave or not, or if it's real or not. Mm-hmm. First off, it doesn't matter. She, if, if it's a weave, she paid for it. It's in her head. It doesn't matter. But even if it if, if it's not or whether it is, why is that a thing that you only ask Black women and you don't ask white women? You don't ask Hispanic women. I hate it, but I was curious as to your thoughts on that. Is that something you've encountered a lot? Was it more so once you went to Oregon because it's super white up there or just all your life? Okay, so I already think, okay, so Black hair is just a simple, like a very sensitive topic for Black women, right? Yeah. Because if you think about it back to the like the slave days and stuff like that. So um, when we, okay, so after slavery, right, we had to assimilate to work with jobs with mm-hmm. white people, right? And what did black women have to do? Straighten their hair so they yeah. could get jobs. They weren't allowed to wear their natural hair. They weren't allowed to wear their afros or they wouldn't even get a job, right? So we had to assimilate to the culture around us. So then there's like, there's all of that that you have to unpack. And then you have to deal with, okay, so... Um, you stop straightening your natural hair and you start wearing weaves so that it's easier and your hair lasts a little longer. And then everybody's questioning your hair. You know, there's so much with black hair that I feel like it's just such a sensitive topic. But for me personally, I think, okay, so you would never question if Kim Kardashian's hair right. is real, right? And she barely ever wears her hair out. Kylie wears a blue wig and it's cute. It's oh. fashionable, right? I wear a wig and all of a sudden, oh, girl, you don't got no hair. Say one more time to caulk it out. So, like, so if I wear a wig, it's, oh, girl, you don't got no hair. But Kylie wears a wig and it's, oh, that's so cute, so fashionable. She's trying new things, mm-hmm. you know? So why is it that black women can't try anything, do anything, basically, but wear their natural hair, which no one really likes or accepts? Wow. That's a whole bar right there. And it's crazy, too. Um, and in addition to that, and you're absolutely right, there's a huge double standard for black women. But when a white woman does it, it's trendy. It's cool. So whether it's the hairstyle itself, the color of the hair, or the, mm-hmm. a wig, a weave, whatever. You know, a lot of times people don't even realize that, like, sometimes black women will wear a wig to protect their hair. Like, black hair is so sensitive. But um, anyways, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy because, like, in addition to that, and honestly, like, at least in at least um, 15 or 20 states, natural hair, natural black hair is considered unprofessional in the workplace. Exactly. And that, that right there deserves just like a pause moment. In 2020, there are more than 15 states that currently say that if you are black, your hair, first off, they can tell you how your hair should be, even if you're wearing it natural, but they don't tell white women, you know, your straight hair that you wake up with, you have to do something to it to change it. No. They tell black people, your natural hair, your natural look is not good enough. And so that right there also ties into the initial being good, pretty for a black girl, being good enough in society is like, no matter what avenue you're working through, we just don't seem to be good enough. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's so sad, dude. It really is. But, um, Anyways, so you were saying uh, experiences in those things, like in comparison to white white people, you know, or Hispanic people, or whoever, mm-hmm. talking about your hair. Um, you do one thing, it's bad. They do it, it's fine. How do you internalize that? Like, like, what do you what do you do? That... Like, I know I would be angry. That's a good I would question. be so angry by that, you know? Just like, are you serious? Like, why? But I think I'm past angry, mm. though. Because what can I really do? Okay, so if you really, like, break it down, right? If I were to perm my natural mm. hair right now, what would people say? That I hate my black right. hair? That I hate my black culture? That I hate my black skin or whatever? Why doesn't she wear like, her I'm natural hair? Like, exactly. Yeah. So then I wear my natural hair, and it's like, oh, girl, that's way too big. Like, can you straighten it? We really want to see it straightened. We really want to see what it looks like. Is that your hair? Like, all of these mm-hmm. questions, right? And then, like, we want to see how long it is. We want to see, like, it when it's straightened. 
So every time I wear my natural hair, that's what happens. So then I wear a weave and it's, oh girl, do you have hair? (laughs) (laughs) You know? And then you just can't win. (laughs) Yeah. If I do any protective style, it's like, oh, when are you going to take your hair out so we can see your natural hair? Like there's literally no way around it. But then it's crazy because white women can do anything with their hair. Rather leave it alone, rather it be thin, rather it be in dreadlocks. They can do whatever they want and they're able to assimilate into any culture or any place. Yeah. And really none of my hairstyles really work anywhere. Wow. Consistently being expected to switch it up to make other people feel comfortable. That's exactly what it That's is. That's what it is to be a black woman in society. Consistently being told what you're currently doing is not good enough and being given a reason as to why you need to change what makes you, you. And I couldn't have said it any better. But you know what made me so mad? So um, about like two, maybe three years mm-hmm. ago, right? Kim Kardashian was wearing um, Ooh, box braids, right? I was hoping it was going to be brought up. <laughs> box braids. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then so it was printed in a magazine. And they were like, oh, Kim Kardashian made this new hairstyle, the boxer braids, the boxer braid trend. But before that, how many, like, if you really look at black women when they were wearing box braids, it was seen as so ghetto, so ugly. Like, oh, poetic justice braids, those are, those are ghetto. Those are ghetto. We don't wear those. So what's the big change when Kim Kardashian does it? Honestly. Oh, Oh. She's closer to the lighter complexion. <laughs> that's that's exactly that's what it the is. Truth. That's the truth. Again, going back to my blackness, you hate yes. my blackness. <laughs> they love the issue. culture, but they hate the culture. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. They love the culture, but they hate the people. Dude, oh my. There's so much running through my mind right now that I want to say. Um, <laughs> Please say it. <laughs> I re- I'm really enjoying hearing your viewpoints and your thoughts on these things. But when that happened with Kim Kardashian, they were like, oh, she invented this new hairstyle. And I saw all the sudden, saw all the white girls. And I, I saw all, everybody else talking about this new style and trying to wear box braids, air quotes around that. And I'm just saying, like, y'all are so stupid. Black women have been doing this for years and have been demonized for this for years. It's the same thing with when Kylie Jenner um, came out with a little lip kit and the whole little lip challenge. And all of a sudden, most popular had big lips. Black people have been being demonized for having big lips since Black people been Black people ink. Like, are you serious? Like, bro, <laughs> come on now. But that's 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 the thing about white culture, dude. They can pick and choose what they want to operate in, even if it's something that another culture has been demonized for and made fun of for years, for all their lives, and it's popular. You know, it's just take, 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 and not have to face the same repercussions that the people who created that have endured. What do you guys think are like some action steps? What can we do? Like we're all here together right now. Mm. And I'm just thinking of like, what can we do and what can other people do to really instigate change in these areas that we've talked about? I know off top, Within our immediate circles, um, we can share this episode, this episode of Black Glue with everybody. Uh, <laughs> 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 we can share this episode of Black Glue all over our social media with everyone. No, but I mean, aside from that, I genuinely feel that, um, at least on, on within you and I, Brother Cam, because Raquel being a Black woman, this is something she experiences on a regular. You and I don't hear this anywhere near as much as she does. So I know for sure you and I can tell people and everybody listening, we can tell people and talk to them about the importance of refraining from engaging any toxicity surrounded around the the phrase, the culture of the phrase, she's pretty for a black girl. Is that your real hair? Um, Why don't you straighten it? You know, like those type of conversations are so damaging and so harmful, you know, to the psyche. And we already got enough going on as black people, but black women go through a lot more because of these things being unique to them black men don't hear you know is that your real hair when black men will have you know long locks black women will have long locks oh is that your real hair is that natural black men will do the same thing we don't hear that why because for whatever reason society chooses to attack black women so 
as men, whether you're a black man or not, we need to be hyperactive in being sure that we nip those type of conversations in the bud and educate, whether it's, hey, bro, like, you need to cut all that out. Like, that's not cool. That's mad disrespectful. That's um, very harmful to society and to black women as a whole. And if you want to know more, Google it. But you need to figure that out, bro. But uh, that's something that we can do immediately. Uh, what do you think, Brother Cam? What do you think, Raquel? What else we can do to stop that ignorance? Not, I'm sorry, not ignorance, to stop that stupidity. Yeah, I initially think of just education, kind of what I was kind of boiling back down to. It's just, I think the education starts with us just talking about it, you know, and um, just things like this, like black glue, just being able to sit down and have these conversations with people about like things they're really feeling, you know, mm. and what's really going on. Cause I think if we live in a world where we're open, like vulnerable vulnerability breeds vulnerability, you know? And I think that um, really begins to change things we're really open and honest about like what's really going on um i don't necessarily think we'll always like it <laughs> so but i think it with us not liking it at times um it'll lead us to change get a little uncomfortable mm. so okay i would say i actually agree because i feel like even though i've been through a lot like in like with my blackness like mm. learning about myself and learning to love myself and stuff like that like I still learned a lot through this quarantine like you know so I feel like it's all just like learning and continue to grow I really sure. don't even know but um it, I think it's a shame though at the same time that um like yes it yes it is important for um, people to go see the air of their ways but sometimes some of these things can be at the expense of having to relive trauma. Um, mm. I know not for everybody, but for some, having just like speaking on these speaking on these certain uh, topics such as this can really be difficult for some people because it brings back really painful memories and feelings. And so um, that's why I, I know for sure why I said, look into it yourself and do some research instead of, only relying on you know read a book instead of only relying on asking a black woman like hey tell me about your trauma and why you feel x y and z you know because then like on your end you may be gaining some new information but for them now they they may depending on how the person views it they may be having to relive some terrible experiences that they've had to go through in life you know with that being yeah. said, I actually wanted to say thank you to Sister Kayla for being willing and looking forward to having this type of conversation. Yeah. Um, and I'm thankful that you absolutely have been because I know a lot of people, you know, like they, they on one end are glad that this type of conversation will be had, but they'd be like, ah, not me though, because, you know, I've experienced X, Y, and Z, which is incredibly understandable. And so I just want to say thank you, by the way, for joining us and being willing to have it with us. Yes. Appreciate yeah. you, Raquela. Yeah. Yes, of course. Oh, we know. <laughs> I love doing this, you guys. I love talking. I'm one to talk, though. On last week's episode, uh, Kim was interviewing me, and I was just, you know, sharing some life experiences and some stories that have really helped, that have really contributed. I mean, I can say helped, but they have contributed to my frame of mind and why I view things the way I do, you know, some life experiences. Mm -hmm. And towards the beginning of the interview, um, I made a joke saying we're just gonna we're just gonna introduce each other, and then Cam just shut up for the next thirty minutes, and I'm gonna just talk. <laughs> and that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> oh goodness! But um, yeah. So we're just thankful to have you on the podcast and being willing to share. You know, um, it's great. You've given some. Well, while we were on our little uh, break in between, we were just talking about how. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, we were just talking about how how thankful we are to go to have somebody like you that's willing to do so and have these conversations. <laughs> I knew that you really happen. helped open my eyes even more so than before to the need to be, you know, hyperactive and productive when it comes to you know these type of things. And so, appreciate you. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. Well, um, as far I'm as so the docket goes, that's here, all we've got for you guys today. Um, I just want to say once again, thank you <laughs> and shout out to Sister Raquela for joining us. It's always good talking to you and we would love to have you back sometime on the podcast. Absolutely. I was about to say next. Shout it Actually. out. Shout it out right now. Let's plug you right yep. now. So yep. do you have anything exciting going on that you'd like to share with the Instagram people guys. or any, any type of socials you'd like to plug? <laughs> <laughs> How do you spell that? I do not, but follow me on Instagram. I have two oh followers. It's at Kayla Loretta. Kayla Loretta. <laughs> All right. So everybody, since Michaela's being funny, go on my Instagram <laughs> and go on my followers list and just type in Kayla and she will pop up. She will pop up. <laughs> you don't know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is true. Wait, wait, I actually don't know. Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. I barely go on here. Okay, it's K. Where did the V come from? That is I don't know where the V came from. L A U R E. So you just threw it in there. Let me just throw in a random letter. I don't know. This looks. This looks fancy. Put on in there. Kayla five. Loren. Roman. Roman Kayla Roman numeral five. Loren. <laughs> that's hilarious oh my gosh <laughs> oh man but um thank you all for joining us um this has been an insightful um it's been an insightful exciting and informative with the dash of funny episode of black glue i'm your host matt from the east and as always we got brother cam cam anything you want to say before we close um, nothing to close out. Just thanks for Kayla for coming on the show. So, and hope you guys just enjoy just another episode of Black Glue. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us. Every Friday at noon, we drop on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Please stay tuned and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Sister Raquela, you did an excellent job. <laughs>